Well, good morning. I'm excited about this morning, as you may guess from what's behind me. You might be like, this is a little different. So this morning is going to be a little bit different, and in a little while, I'm going to be joined up here by a couple of our elders, and we're going to have kind of a conversational message today. And if you've been attending lately, you know, the last two weeks, we've been in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And what we've been talking about is the elder requirements or overseer requirements that are talked about in those chapters. So what we've been talking about in the big picture is that 1 Timothy is about the church. It's about the people of God. And it's about the idea that we are people who are bought by the blood of Jesus and brought into the family of God. We're given eternal life. We're part of God's light in the world right now. And as we live that out, part of how we live that out in our community is that we have leaders. And specifically, we call those leaders elders or overseers. And later on, what you're going to get to experience is we're going to go through this passage one more time, 1 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 7, but it's going to be talked through in a more conversational way between me and two others of our elders. And there's a couple hopes that I have in what's going to happen through this time this morning. Um, The first hope that I have is this. I get to be around these guys a lot. I get to hear their hearts for you. I get to hear their prayers for all of you. I get to see how much they love this church family and how committed they are to Jesus and also to what God is doing here. And so I'm just excited for all of you to get in on that. Because one of the powerful things that can happen is that when we get to see the hearts of people who are looking to shepherd us, we get a glimpse into God's heart for us. Because Jesus is the good shepherd. So that's reason number one. Um, Reason number two why I'm excited about this is because sometimes when you're a part of a church or when you're part of an organization, the people who are in leadership, they can seem kind of distant. Sort of like, all right, well, those are the professionals. Those are the ones who are really kind of in all the way with Jesus. And then there's the rest of us. And what you're going to probably experience when you hear the three of us talk is you're not going to be terribly impressed with the three of us. (laughs) You're going to think, these sound just kind of like three guys who love Jesus and are trying to figure things out. And that's pretty accurate. First and foremost, and and this is what goes so much into the power of what's talked about in this passage as far as elder requirements, it's not this list of deeply technical skills. It's a list of character traits that whether you're ever a leader in Jesus' church, we all should be striving for. We all should be looking to to be lived out. So really what you're going to experience at a most basic level is three men, three Christians who are talking about how we're looking to follow Jesus more fully in our lives. And that's applicable to all of us, whether you serve as a leader in this church or any church at any point in your life. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read through our passage and starting off this morning. So if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. And after I read it through, I'm going to invite them to come up here and join me. So 1 Timothy chapter 3, if you don't have a Bible, you can look up on the screen. 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Here is a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. 
He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good reputation with outsiders so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. This is God's word. And I'm going to invite right now Kurt and Stan to come up here and join me on the stage. Um, There are a couple of the elders, a couple of the overseers who are part of this church family. And as they make their way up, as I said, we're just going to, in a conversational way, talk through this passage and also talk through how the three of us, as, as men who have the privilege of serving as elders here at this church, how we look to personalize this and how it's impacted our lives. Um, and so, guys, thanks so much for doing this. Um, first of all, why don't each of you, I know a lot of people in here will know you to, to some extent, but why don't we start? You can just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your family, and then also about how long you've been serving as an elder here. Sure. So I'm Kurt Eister. I've been married to Carla for 24 years. Uh, we've got three children together, uh, 10, 12, and 21. Um, and about eight years ago, the company moved us back to California, and we've been attending OBF since that time. And uh, let's see, as an elder, I've been serving since about 2016. Good morning. Um, my name is Stan Kloffenstein. Um, Sue and I have been married for 21 years. We have five kids, 12 grandkids, and one great-grandkid. Um, uh, we've been attending here at LBF for about 14 years, and I've been on the elder team about a year and, year and a half. All right, perfect. Um, and so, like I said, what we're going to do, we'll kind of talk through the passage as we have this conversation. So let me just go ahead and put, um, oh, actually, it, before, we, before we put the first, first verse up, um, another question. No. All right, I'm going to put the verse up. Am I okay, guys? I think you should put the, bur- the verse up, Dan. You guys seem really nervous. <laughs> so I wanted to just mess up so that you guys felt Thank at you. ease. So. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, let's just put verse one up here. So it says, here is a trustworthy saying, whoever aspires to be an, uh, an overseer desires a noble task. In the last couple of weeks, we talked about the, the word overseer, elder. Those are interchangeable throughout the New Testament. Um, and so as elders here at the church, what I wanted to ask you is, um, some people say that this is actually the first elder requirement, that you have to aspire to be an overseer. Um, so what, what did it look like for you, or, or what made you aspire to be in this position? Well, I didn't aspire to be an elder. <laughs> but... I, I did have a desire to serve, and uh, I, I was serving at the church here in a couple of different areas, um, tr- kind of trying to mind my own business, so, so to speak, but um, my call came to be an elder when I picked up the phone and Dan was on the other end, and, um, and then just through God moving, um, put me in the position he wants me to be in. Thanks. And we knew that Dan was going to be an elder, or it's not Dan, sorry, that Stan was going to be the elder before he did. That's right. Yeah. We're the ones who asked Dan to call you. Yes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and Otherwise, got him before yeah. us. <laughs> um, so for me, you know, I've been serving in the church. I believe that we're all called to serve um, in whatever capacity that we can, ever since I accepted Christ as my Savior. And uh, so I've been serving in various ways, just trying to be obedient to his lead. 
Um, and that started out in, in different ways, Sunday school classes and whatnot. But in the last 10 years or so, it seemed to be, he was putting me in places where there was a new ministry to start, uh, or there was a team that needed to be led, or um, you know, a go team to go on, and they were looking for someone to, to help facilitate, um, coordinate. And so those roles seemed to be coming to me. And so then when I also got the call from Dan... Um, <laughs> to ask about the elder, it wasn't necessarily, it seemed like an evolution of what God was leading me to do in my service. Um, and so it seemed like a natural fit, uh, in, intimidating though, for sure, uh, very intimidating. Uh, but, you know, even though I was intimidated and knowing that the Lord was leading me in that direction, I had to obey. Yeah. And just, and I appreciate you guys sharing that because that is, that, that's a common thing that, that happens with the elders that come onto the team. And one of the things that, that I think is great is um, I, I love when we bring an elder onto the team and to the congregation, to all of you, it's sort of like, yeah, of course. Of course that should be one of our leaders. Um, one of the things I love, Bob Butler is the most recent elder that we brought on the team. And uh, when, when we were going to bring him up in front, because 30 days before an elder is, is brought officially on the team, we bring the, him before all of you just to get feedback. And when we were trying to schedule that with Bob, we had trouble scheduling it because he was serving in children's ministry. He was saying, I can't do it that day. I'm serving with the kids. And I was like, this is good. This is good that you're that committed to the church. And, and that is even as, you know, if I can just do a quick shameless plug, tonight at 6 p.m. we're going to have the next Deeper event. And what the next Deeper event is tonight is we're going to be talking about the Bible's teaching about the church. And one of the core biblical teachings about the church is that we all have gifts to use in the church and to serve. And so right now, the two of you are serving in this role, but part of that is just born out of a heart to serve in a general way. Um, and now looking at this, looking at the whole idea of, of aspiring to this position, we've talked about this again the last couple of weeks. Part of the reason it's good to aspire to be an overseer because an overseer is a shepherd. And it's good to want to shepherd God's people. And so what I'd love for you guys to share, and whether it's through just kind of personal reflection or through a story, um, there are times that just the weight of being that shepherd, just the gravity of, of the, this position um, can kind of fall upon us in, in a powerful way. And I'd love for each of you just to share moments or things that have happened that have really um, helped you to experience that gravity and how God has worked through the weight of this position. You know, I've had the opportunity to be up on stage a couple of times with leading with group prayer or reading scripture. Um, and, and I'll tell you, um, this is the view. This is the best view in the, in the house right here, just looking out on God's people. And, uh, and that's, you know, just getting to see your faces. I usually see the back of someone's head over there. Um, but just to be able to see your faces. And, um, and sometimes as I'm preparing my heart to pray with, with folks at the end of the service for the response time on the side. I'll get a chance to look out on you as you're maybe worshiping through the last song. And, and, and I feel God, you know, asking me about this, this congregation and what, I, what I'm doing and, and I'm praying for you and preparing for, um, for helping in any way that I can in shepherding um, in ways that maybe I don't understand quite yet. But I see people that are making daily trade-offs between work and family. I see people that are maybe working through a difficult time at home or someone who's got a sickness in your family or a friend that you don't understand why they're going through this, this pain. 
Um, I see all of that, and that's when it just feels like I really have that sense of, oh, wow, this is a, this is a big deal. A couple of things come to mind when I think about um, being an elder and the huge responsibility and the high calling. Um, it, uh, it's very humbling. Um, I think as a team of elders, the decisions that we make for the church, uh, whether it be financial or maybe a doctrinal statement or our position papers, uh, we definitely want to be led by the Lord to make sure that we're staying in his, in his will. Um, I know that all of the elders really seek to be led by the Holy Spirit uh, as we move uh, to take this church where God really wants us to take it. Yeah. Um, another one that comes to mind is prayer. Um, my prayer life has changed since I've become an elder. Um, not only with like maybe a, a bigger focus or a larger sphere of influence, but even my personal prayer life. Um, whenever any of us step out to do work for the Lord, we're more susceptible to attacks from the enemy. And we need to make sure that we're guarding our hearts. Uh, one of our other elders, uh, Jeff Crawford, uh, he mentioned that to me when I first came on the elder team. And it's really proved to be true. It's almost a constant struggle sometimes. For sure. Yeah, and, and I, I'll share also, just because I was reflecting on this as the three of us were preparing. Um, and you all will, will have the experience. We, we all have had this happen where you have somebody that comes specifically to you because they're, they're dealing with something difficult. Like they're dealing with the trial and so they want advice or they want you to pray with them or they just want to share their burdens with you because they're, they're overwhelmed by things. We all have that happen in our lives. Um, and I started realizing um, it's not just my friends who come up. Sometimes somebody who really, they, they wouldn't come up to me. They don't know me well enough. They shouldn't trust me, you know, because they just don't know me well enough. And yet they're coming to me and asking for me to pray for them or bear their burdens simply because I have this position. And that, to me, was pretty daunting, thinking that's a lot of trust. And, and God willing, we're in a position to reflect Jesus' heart, Jesus' shepherd's heart. And so when any of you decide to entrust yourselves to us because we're in this position, that, that's a powerful thing that we take seriously and we take as part of our, God's calling for us to look to, as best we can, reflect Jesus' shepherd heart to you. And I, again, that's a big theme, just the, the shepherding. So be, before we move on, what, one more question for you guys. Um, is there, are there passages of scripture that you find yourself consistently drawn back to as you're praying through and, and thinking through what God has called you to do with this church family? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, um, yeah, for me, the things that, that, again, just knowing that people are coming with with a wide range of needs, the things that come to mind are, you know, Isaiah 41.10, fear not, for I am with you. Hmm. He is with us. Um, and in the Psalms, you know, from where does our help come from? From the mountains? No. It comes from the Lord. Amen. Right? And so those are things that I rely on, and I share those all the time um, when I'm interacting with, with uh, people in the congregation. One, one of the scriptures that comes to mind is in Philippians 4, uh, when it talks about the peace of God and guarding our hearts. Um, as we move through all the duties as an elder and all the sometimes struggles that we go through and challenges, uh, we need God's peace in our heart to really keep our mind where it needs to be so we can follow his lead. And um, there's conditions to that peace. There's things that that scripture speaks out that we need to do so we can receive that peace of God. And so we need to make sure that we're aware of that. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, well, here's what I want to do now. I want to put up 
I have this next slide, which kind of summarizes the rest of the elder qualifications in the next six verses, in verses two through seven. And so, you know, the key words that are talked about, um, the the way that we have the structure just visually, up at the top, we have above reproach, because that's the first thing that's mentioned, and that's kind of an umbrella statement. It's, it's, I don't think it's meant to be a separate requirement, but all right, the elder needs to be above reproach in faithfulness to his wife, in respectability, in not being quarrelsome, in all of these. And then at the bottom, we have kind of the parallel to that, a good reputation with outsiders. So it has to do with the overall conduct, and then all of these in between. So we've gone through this list now two weeks in a row. This this can be a pretty daunting list. Sort of like, who wants to raise their hand and be like, that sounds like me. All those things, I think I'm pretty much up for that. So what I'd love for you guys to share is just as you look through this, um, which ones of these or, or one of these stands out as, this one is the one I find to be most daunting, to be above reproach in this area. And then the follow-up to that is, how have you seen God work through that qualification that, that otherwise you kind of find daunting? Well, being up here this morning is kind of daunting. It's not on the list. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, when, I, when I read 1 Timothy 3 and Titus 1, and I look at that list of, uh, uh, of what it takes to be an elder, I, I don't really look at it as a job description. I, I do look at it uh, as a list that describes uh, what the character of the person is that's going to hold this office. And, and uh, you know, daunting is a, is a good word. And um, sometimes we have trouble with maybe one of these things at one time in our life and maybe another one at a different time uh, as we go through the seasons in, in, in our life. Um, for example, I, I know a lot of you out there and a lot of you know me and it probably doesn't come to any surprise to you that I, I might not be the most gentle or hospital person at some times, <laughs> okay? Maybe God is working with me in that area, uh, but as God sheds his grace on me, as, I, as I'm accountable and you know, purpose to move in his will, he leads me on to continue my work with him. It's a long list up there, Dan. It's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff on there. So it's hard to pick out just the one that uh, is the most daunting necessarily. But as Dan was saying, um, I think a lot of it does depend on the season of life. And, and certainly for, for me and my family, the one that overwhelmingly stands out is managing my family well. Um, it's something that um, is truly an inspiring calling, um, but is very challenging. Very challenging to know that I'm, that I'm doing it well, um, I'm not sure that I'll ever feel that I'm to- totally doing it well. Um, and, but but this, is where, this is where God, um, I think, puts us in places where we're going to grow. Yeah. Right? And certainly, um, in my daily walk with, with Jesus, the, the being able to try to manage that trade-off of providing for the physical needs from my family, as well as the emotional and spiritual needs, um, and being sensitive to that. Um, has changed over time as I've walked with Jesus and continued to grow in, in that area. Yeah. yeah and, and just for me to chime in too, as you said, I mean, that there's a lot of stuff on this list. Um, and, and some of them seem a bit more objective. Like just if you're looking through, you're like, all right, recent convert, either you are or you aren't. It's sort of like, that's very objective. Um, you know, not given to drunkenness. It, there's a little bit of ambiguity, but mostly you're like, all right, I, I can probably tell whether or not I'm, I'm given to drunkenness. A lot of the other ones there, it's, it's more just, and if you can't, you probably are given to drunkenness. <laughs> <laughs> 
But the other ones on there, it's sort of like there's a big continuum. Like when do you arrive at being temperate or when do you arrive at being not quarrelsome? But I just know for me, even, even studying for this, um, for this series, the one that ended up standing out to me the most for conviction was the whole idea of, not, uh, of being hospitable. And I think like, all right, I'm generally not rude to people, but I kind of like my space. Like, I kind of like, you know, the idea of, all right, you know, I'm, I'm out here pastoring, I'm out here shepherding, and that's good if it's on a Sunday or if it's on a Monday through Thursday from eight to five, I'm available. <laughs> and after that, I kind of want my space. And, um, and thank God that Jesus doesn't have office hours with us. That, that he doesn't say, no, I'm sorry, I've got other things to do. And, and the calling to be a shepherd is that big calling where, where it's, it's not that the, there are the wise decisions we make as far as boundaries, but overall, part of the idea of a shepherd is just being available to the sheep and just wanting to overcome my, my desire for comfort and kind of personal space in my life and to say, all right, that there's a way that I need to be open and available because emergencies don't just happen at convenient times. Uh, shepherding emergencies happen. Yeah, in, in regards to your follow-up question, as far as like what, what are we doing or, or, or how can we move through these, you know, the challenges that we have in life, um, I think one of them are the challenges themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think God can use the challenges in our lives to further equip us to, to, to serve him. And um, I think if we take that opportunity that uh, instead of saying, you know, I wish I wasn't in this situation, ask the question, Lord, what are you trying to teach me through this? And he can use these opportunities to strengthen our walk with him. Yeah, to facilitate our growth. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And let me, let me go off script for a minute on, on here and just ask you guys this, because we talk about how this is daunting. Um, have, have either of you, and, and you don't have to be super detailed with it, but have either of you had a moment where you found yourself just sort of humbled after an interaction or after something and said, I did not conduct myself according to this there, and, and I need to turn and respond to that? No, never. Okay, all right. <laughs> I was no, just I, wanting, I we'll just wanting you, to make Dan. sure. We'll pray yeah. for you, Dan. No, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, <laughs> sometimes multiple in a day. Yes. Um, no, of course. You know, you think, all right, you know, you, you, you think you're walking in, in a way and, and, and you're growing, and then, then you have a shortcoming or, or mm-hmm. something happens. Um, and for me, I've got, I won't give a... Uh, over, overly detailed, but there was a time just recently um, at work where I just exploded um, in a meeting, did not handle myself well, and had to later go back and apologize to those, to those folks for the way that I handled myself. Um, and it was like out of nowhere. Like, I don't know where that came from. And then, you know, I've kind of been growing in that. It was also, a, you know, speaking of managing my family, that was an opportunity to go home and ask my kids to pray for me. Hmm and say, guys, dad made a mistake. Dad's got to go, here's how you handle it and kind of live that out in That's front of great. them. But, you know, definitely happens all the yeah. time. I think when we come up into our struggles and our oppositions that we can really use it as an opportunity to deepen our faith and our trust. Um, I was just reading the other day how Jesus continued to work with Peter despite his shortcomings. Yeah. And he used those shortcomings to teach Peter and to move him forward to what God wanted to do in his life. And I think uh, he'll do the same thing for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I had one, you know, just as you were sharing, just recently that, that struck me. And, and with somebody else on church staff where I don't know, 
if it's quarrelsome or something, but, but basically realized I just had this entire interaction and it was very clear to everyone there that my opinion was the only opinion that was important to me <laughs> in that interaction. And just afterwards went back and just apologized and said, you know, that, that's, not, that's not a shepherd's heart to, to say I, everybody just needs to listen to my opinion on this. Um, and, and just as you were saying, as both of you were saying, and they, these things that happen, um, it, it could be easy to look at this and kind of to wish that some of these things were not on the list. Say, all right, I, I'd like this list better if that wasn't there. Um, but God grows us through that discomfort, through that reliance on him. Like, I just even think, and I, I don't know if this is true of anybody in this room, but, um, you know, Gary led us in the group prayer today. And we've been doing those times, those monthly times of praying in groups for about a year now. And when we first started doing them, there were a number of people that let us know they were very uncomfortable with those times. And most were polite about it, but just said, I am very uncomfortable with the idea that we're doing this. And the gentle, constant encouragement that we tried to give was, the discomfort doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it. Often, God doesn't grow us without discomfort happening in our lives. And so thank God for him requiring some things that are uncomfortable for us so that we continue to grow. And and Curry, you mentioned one of the big ones on this list that that we'll zero in on now for a few minutes, verses four and five, talking about the calling to manage our families well. All three of us have the privilege of being married and of having children. Um, And this is a big one because it even comes with the, the caveat in the second verse to say you're not qualified to manage God's church if you're not managing your own family well. So let me just ask you guys, how, how have you sought to live this out in the family context so, so that when you're looking at the congregation as a whole, you're saying, first and foremost, I'm, I'm shepherding in the little church. I'm, I'm shepherding in the sphere God has given me in the home before I'm looking towards the church as a whole. For me, it's changed over time, and it's changed for a couple reasons. One, um, as I've matured in my faith and, and continue to walk with Jesus, um, my attitudes have changed, my perspective has changed um, in many ways, but also the needs of my family have changed. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the early days, I thought that the best way to deliver spiritual guidance was at the dinner table when I had, you know, my wife there um, and I had um, our oldest daughter, Alyssa, uh, strapped into the high chair so I had a captive audience. She couldn't <laughs> run away. This was perfect. We'll do family devotions. This is exactly how you do it. And this is the way that we will do you know, spiritual uh, leadership in our house. Well, that lasted for, what, just a couple <laughs> years, right? Um, and then the dynamics of the family changes. Um, um, and then later on when the boys came in and activities and we have soccer practice and we have, okay, so do, is it all or nothing in that? It, mm-hmm. It's not that that goes away necessarily, but I have to adapt my methods. Um, and I'm a very practical guy, so I like to make sure that I have very practical applications of how I'm going to do this. Um, and so, but also as the kids have grown, their needs and my, my spiritual um, input to their lives has changed. You know, just yesterday had a, a call with our daughter who's 21 and figuring out life um, on her own in Tennessee and she's looking for a church. So praying with her over the phone mm-hmm. over... Um, you know, what to look for in a church and helping, you know, praying that she'll get connected. And she's inviting us into, inviting me into speaking to her, her life spiritually. Um, whereas then the boys, 10 and 12, um, still need direction, still need correction. Um, and that looks different. 
um, and then just adapting to today's methods with tech, you know, text messages and, and different ways to provide that, that uh, spiritual guidance in the family realm. But mostly, I'll say that the, uh, you know, the intent is to live out my walk in front of them. You know, as I explained with the example of the mistake I made at work and sharing that with them, um, it's, it's just being real in front of them and taking every opportunity to talk through things, um, to talk about um, why I'm praying about what I'm praying about or to pray with them about a homework assignment, um, that sort of thing. But, but making sure that they know that this is a priority for our family and for me and to model that in front of them. Yeah. So I, as a shepherd at home or, you know, for my wife, uh, I can look at this list of qualifications for elder and really think, you know, I, I should really be applying these at home uh, and, and talk about daunting. Um, I, I honestly believe, you guys, that um, sometimes being a shepherd at home is harder than being the elder of the church. Um, and um, uh, it definitely comes with its, with its problems. It, it, it all you know, comes down to obedience. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, the thing is, is that, I, you know, God is not going to ask or command us to do anything that uh, he's not going to empower us to do. Amen. And I think, especially for us men, he, he's going to enable us to love our wives. He's going to enable us to move our families in the way of the Lord, uh, to be obedient to him. Uh, and if we really purpose to do that, then I believe that God's going to honor that and uh, we're going to be able to um, take on that role of leadership like we should. Yeah, and, and I'll share something too on this, um, just because for some of you, this may connect broadly with you also, but I think, um, you know, there's some of us that, that, that there are those times in life that you think, should I act or should I pause? Should I say something or should I stay quiet? And depending on your personality, sort of, you know, should guide you on that. So some of us are kind of speak first, think about it later. Others of us, you know, are, are always in our own minds thinking, should I? And I, I'm by personality a more cautious person. And so I've found that the consistent message that I feel like I'm getting from God in, in my life in general, but specifically with my family is, um, Dan, when in doubt, act. When in doubt, do the thing. If you're not sure you should say it, if you think, you know, all right, you know, I'm with my son and I have some advice that I think that he should get, but I'm not sure if this is the right moment, you know, just err on the side of saying it because I'm such a cautious person. And, uh, you know, if I'm interacting with Karina and I kind of think maybe the interaction's over, but I suspect that maybe she wants it to keep going because there's something more to do, err on the side of assuming she wants to keep talking about it. Um, which I'm trying to get better at. I know I still don't do it um, <laughs> as much as I should. But, but I think, again, I share that just because for some of you, that may be a message that, that God is looking to bring to you to say, all right, you're, you're, you're cautious, you're, you're talking to yourself out of acting, and other people are missing out on good things. My kids might be missing out on good advice, on good shepherding, on, on a good opportunity here because I'm afraid I might not do it perfectly, and I'd rather just act and learn and take the risk and moving towards them in the relationship. You know, Dan, also I think when we're, when we're going through these things in our personal lives, when, when we're a part of a body of believers like we are here at LBF Church, yeah. and we can connect with whether it's a men's group or a women's group, whatever it may be, is for us to understand we don't have to do this alone. Absolutely. There's other people going yeah. through the, exactly the same thing that we're going through, and it's up to us if we reach out to them. Absolutely. 
Well, here, let me do this. This is, I already mentioned, this is one of the main purposes why I invited you guys to come be a part of this service. But what I'd love for each of you to just to share is um, being in this position that God has led you to be in, um, share a little bit with the, the members of this congregation, just your heart for this church family and the things God's put on your heart that you find yourself consistently coming back to when you think of the church family here at Life Bible Fellowship Church. You know, I consistently pray that we are going to um, fully give in to God in every way, um, that we will turn it all over to God, that we will be, um, you know, uh, uncompromising in our service to him. Because when we lay it all down and we're all serving in a way that glorifies him first, then it's not about LBF Church, it's about Jesus, yeah. and it's about making a mark for him. Leading others to Jesus um, will naturally happen when we do that. When we, every day, make the commitment that we are going to um, serve him, serve him fully, without compromise, um, great things are going to happen, because he'll work through us. And that's my prayer for the church, mm-hmm. is that we will come together, that we will, that we won't just do church but that we will serve him. And from that, we will have not only a local impact here in Upland, but a global impact and ultimately an eternal impact. Thanks, Kurt. Um, Our mission statement here at church says that we exist to passionately pursue a life in Jesus and to lead our neighbors to do the same. And that's, that's really my heart for all of us here, for us to become the men and women that God wants us to be, to be obedient to him, uh, and to move out in the direction and the calling that he has for each one of our lives. You know, I, I believe that we're all leaders, um, whether it's at home or work or school, uh, we all have that, that sphere of influence of people, yeah. uh, and we need to be the leaders that God wants us to be. Uh, and actually to quote what you said in one of your, your last sermons, Dan, was to reflect Jesus, the good shepherd. Uh, w- w- one of the songs that we sang th- th- this morning had the phrase, um, lead me in your love to those around me. Amen. And I think that's, that's our heart. Yeah. Well, thanks so much to both of you. I, again, I, I know your hearts. I respect you guys and, and I'm grateful for you to be up here. Um, would you all just thank Kurt and Stan for being up here this morning? And, and they're actually, at this point, they're going to head to the different sides of, um, of the stage right now because in a, in a couple minutes, the band is going to come back out and lead us in our opportunity to respond to all of this. And so they're going to they're gonna lead us in a song. And during the song, we're going to get an opportunity to respond not only to things that we heard from the scriptures and things that you heard from some of your elders today, but also just to get to respond to the reality of the gospel that has drawn us together this morning. And so the way that we're all going to respond is that we're all going to respond in song. And beyond that, the way that some of you are, are going to get the opportunity to respond is to respond by coming and getting prayer with some of the elders and pastors and ministry leaders who will be up here at the front. And as always, you can come up, you, you can come up for any reason at all. You can come up for something that's on your heart that has nothing to do with what we've talked about today, but it's just something that you need. Maybe you're just saying... I just got reminded that there are some people at this church that pray for me, they care about me. I'm in this trial, or I'm in this temptation, or I'm really overwhelmed, and I just got reminded there are people who care about me. There are people who want to shepherd me through this. I'm just going to go up and get the prayer from them during that time.
Um, but I also want to add on also what you heard from, from the three of us. Hopefully one of the things that you heard was um, the three of us are in this position not because we thought we were the three best guys for the job and the, the seven elders in the position are on because they think it should be us and nobody else. Um, it was out of a heart to say, God, I'm willing to step through the next door you're leading me through, whatever that is. And some of you might be at a point right now where you're sensing God is leading me. I know what's next. I know the next step that God is leading me to, but it's kind of daunting and it's intimidating and I'm not sure I want to do it. And the first thing is that we all need to respond and embrace that Jesus will shepherd us through those. But the second thing is, you know what? you might experience some emboldening and some encouraging from your heart just by coming up, asking somebody to pray for you that you'll take the steps that you know God is calling you to take in that. So what I'm gonna ask you to do, I'm gonna ask you to go ahead and stand with me. I'm gonna pray for us as we get ready to respond in our hearts. And again, at any point during this song, if you feel like God is moving in you just to seek prayer with a brother or sister, feel free just to move out of your seat, come up to one of the sides, and there will be people who will be thrilled to do that with you. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for the goodness and grace that you have poured out in Jesus. Thank you that you are our shepherd, and so we lack nothing. God, I pray that you move in our hearts. We want to be men and women who reflect Jesus. We want to take the risky steps of faith that you're calling us to. We want to have the courage to walk through the doors that you're opening for us. And we want to reflect you through the way that we serve and care for the people around us. Father, we pray first and foremost that you are blessed through this time, that your heart is met by our hearts as we cry out to you. Father, I pray for those who are hurting and struggling that this would be a time also of experiencing your comfort and healing. And Father, I pray for all of us as we look to boldly take the steps of faith that you're calling us to. I pray that you lead us in those with courage and I pray that you use each other in our lives to reflect the good shepherd that Jesus truly is. And we pray all of this in the name of our good shepherd, Jesus. Amen. Amen.